If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, and I have two amazing interviews. First, with Gerald Briscoe. WWE Hall of Famer has some amazing stories when it comes to the late, great Rocky Johnson, who we lost this week. I mean, just hilarious stories between those two, and he shares them on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Then we have Cody Rhodes of AEW. What a week it's been for AEW. We talk about the week that was, and again, congratulations to AEW and Cody Rhodes. We also get into the Mandalorian of all things, and a bet that I have now made when it comes to my LaGreca fathead, and of course, the distraction that it is to Cody. We get into all that on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. WWE Hall of Famer, the great Gerald Briscoe. Sir, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful down here in cool Florida. What's going on, Dad? Hey, my brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Always, it's, uh, it's always good to have you on. Always, always brighten my day when I get to talk to you. Well, we got so much to talk about. Um, I guess we could jump right in it. Uh, we we lost a, a valuable member of the pro wrestling uh, history, and um, you know we we did our show a tribute show yesterday to our brother Rocky Johnson. And in an interview, he mentioned how some of the favorite tags he ever had was with you. And wow. can you can you tell us a little bit about some of those tags? I'd be glad to, uh, and what what an honor that is coming from Rocky Johnson. I mean, uh, Mark, I, I've had the uh, the opportunity to know Mark since the early seven or uh, Rocky since the early seventies, so. It wasn't like you know one of those fleeting things where the guy came in for a few months and you became friends. He was gone and you never saw him again. I mean, Rocky and I worked the same territory back, as you know, back in back in my day, as they say, back in my. Day. I always hated it, back in my day, kid. You know, but uh, <laughs> we had territories, you know, where we worked an area for six months to a year, and he moved on. It was just a common practice, you know. You didn't want to wear yourself out in that territory. Some of us were lucky and were able to stay longer and rocky rocky and i worked the south together for for years and i don't know if you know the unique story about rocky coming coming down south do you, do you know how that happened no no please tell us well uh, my brother was world champion in 1973 74 somewhere around there i'm sure all the, the uh the critics out there will will tell them, you know, Briscoe don't know his dates, but forgive me, I'm 73 years old and I'm old, and some of these dates kind of kind of fly together, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. but, uh, it was in the early 70s. Jack was world champion. Jack, Jack at that time, an NWA champion was was a champion that traveled all over the world and defended his title and took on the best. Uh, 
best talent in every area that there was to offer. So he was making his uh, his Northwest tour, and he was up in Vancouver, Oregon, uh, and uh, and Washington area. But in Vancouver, he ran into this young stud that uh, he really liked. Uh, Rocky was a country boy, you know. I mean, he loved country music. He loved, uh, you know, he loved singing country songs. And uh, my brother Jack found about all about it. And of course, Jack, Jack traveled alone, being world champion. You know, he he he'd come into a territory, walk into a dressing room, basically a complete stranger, because you know you're coming into a new era, uh, area, and uh, you really didn't know who to ride with, who you liked, or anything. But he saw Rocky sitting over there in a cowboy hat, and we just happened to go, go over there and sit down. Hey, Rocky, you know, where are you from? And uh, they got to know each other and started talking more, uh, more or less. Jack said, "Hey, you mind if I ride with you on the loop here? I'm, I'm here for five days, and I, I got, actually have no no uh, road partner. Would would you like to? Uh, could I ride with you?" And Rocky said, "Man, that'd be my honor." So. They jumped in the car together, and the first thing uh, Jack told me when he jumped in the car, Rocky started the car up, and Charlie Pride started blasting from the radio. And, uh, of course, Jack's a huge Charlie Pride fan, and uh, and they started singing along and, and uh, toasting a few beers, and they struck up a, a real close friendship and relationship. And uh, at the end of the uh, five days, uh, Jack went up to Rocky and said, Rocky, uh, you know, I'm part, uh, I'm an investor in Florida's championship wrestling. Uh, you know, we're, we're always looking for new stars. I think with your style and everything, uh, and your charisma, you would fit in great down there and make yourself some money. And Rocky looked at Jack and said, Jack, I gotta be honest with you. He said, I'm starving to death up here. I'm you know, trying to start a family and, and, and I don't have the money and I'm starving to, he said, I really appreciate any help. And, uh, Jack said, Rocky, pull, pull, pull the truck over. So they pulled the truck over somewhere in between uh, Seattle and Vancouver, and Jack called Eddie Graham and said, Eddie, I got I got the future star for you down here. And Eddie said, who is it? He said, Rocky Dato. I don't know him. Well, take take a little bit and get to know him. I, I book him on my word, and uh, we'll, make, we'll make him a star and make a lot of money from him. And so uh, Eddie said, get a date from him, have him call me. So Jack went back to the truck, told Rocky, and Rocky was thrilled to death. I called Eddie Graham, and, of course, he got a date down here and came down here, and he became the first, the very first African-American Florida heavyweight champion, which was quite an accomplishment in the Deep South down here. But it was Rocky, it was Rocky's charisma and his talent in the ring that got Jack to notice him that got him that breaking from there. We had interest in the Georgia territory, so we always wanted to see the top ter- uh, top talent, you know, go to both territories. So uh, after his little run here in Florida, uh, Jack called up in uh, uh, Jim Barnett in Atlanta and got him booked up there. So Jack kind of directed his uh, early stages of his career here in the South uh, through wow. through our friendships, and it was there that that I got, that I got uh, got the honor to become. Rocky Johnson's tag team partner, and I kind of chuckle when I think about that. And then Rocky and I always had a great time talking about that. Now you you stop saying I'm so much. I mean, you know, we're talking about the the seventies, uh, uh, Mark, when when racism was still kind of running wild down there. And uh, you know, we go to some of these country towns, and and as you as you from your your. Uh, research and I know you're a historian on old territorial wrestling too, and know an awful lot about it. There were a lot of redneck towns that you had to work in the, in, in, in the South, and uh, 
And I, at the time, had me a little Mercedes convertible, uh, and Rocky loved to drive the damn thing. So you can imagine uh, 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 an African-American and a Native American running through one of these southern towns, you know, side by side. And sometimes we'd see signs on the road, you know, welcome to KKK country. Oh, Rocky, give me the elbow, and he said, "I guess I know who's going into Seven Eleven buying the beer tonight." You know, <laughs> and knew how cheap that SOB was. It was just a way for him to get out of buying the damn beer and the gas that night. You know, so we went up and down the road together. We held the Georgia, uh, excuse me, we held the Georgia Tag Team Champions together for for quite some time. I'm not sure exactly how long it was, but we held it held them together. But I'd get on my promos, and, you know, Muhammad Ali, of course, was hot during the time, and uh, Joe Frazier and and, uh, and George Foreman. So I used to, I used to tell everybody, hey, this guy can float like a butterfly, sing like a bee, you know, stealing from Ali, and, and you know, he, he, he could he could hit that light switch and be in bed before the damn light goes out, you know. And uh, and he got the power of George Foreman and and and, uh, and the uh, – and the endurance of Muhammad Ali. And uh, anybody that wants to try him, you know, after matches are over with, you know, welcome to step up and I'll be a special referee. Of course, I wasn't going to let anybody get to my brother. You know? No, <laughs> and, I know. And Rocky would just get furious. And we'd get out there and uh, and it was quite quite the difference, you know, in attitude. You know, uh, African-Americans quite hadn't been accepted yet. And, um and and uh, and and that and that t- and uh, and our type of business and you know you go into some of those deep south and uh, uh, a black man beating up on a white man wasn't wasn't a good thing you know so uh, Rocky and I kind of changed the uh, the the method of of our tag team board. I would go out and I'd do the heavy sell. I became a good worker. I became a good salesman during my tag team partnership with Rocky Johnson. Because uh, he'll come make I, the I, comeback. I, I loved his fire, and and I, I'm sure you you watched those films of him and watched oh, yeah. watched the the speed and and the the, the charisma and the power and the and the beauty of his offense. So. I, I, I just took on the role of, okay, I'm going to be the seller of this team. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to go out, and I'll start the match, and uh, I'll, I'll do a few little things, and then I'll let those bad guys take over on me, and I, I'll do all the selling, and uh, and I'll tag, I'll tag Rocky in and watch Rocky do that shuffle, watch Rocky do those drop kicks, and I'll take those back drops and land on his feet, and uh Rocky was so far ahead of his time, and it, it was unbelievable. But uh, we had a ball doing that, and I got I got him into more trouble. You know, just running my mouth like you know how I do sometimes. I can't shut uh, up. Listen, you know, like, I'm I'm trying to figure out, Gerald, who was the biggest ribber of y'all because both of y'all <laughs> are clowns. I mean, uh, you I'm, got the I'm, clowns. I love that. Listen, I learned it from y'all. <laughs> you learned well, my boy. You learned well. <laughs> like you I call you pops the, for you, a reason. You have, be, you have become one of the best in the business. <laughs> but uh, I, I can know, uh, I can tell him right now that we did a signing together recently, and I'm sitting there, you know, and trying to entertain the kids, and all of a sudden I get hit in the side of the head with a a, a little metal string thing that's hanging from the ceiling and I look over to my right and you just laughing your ass off 
swinging this thing, hitting me in the head, and I didn't know what that was the whole time it was you. <laughs> well, you got to have fun doing that. Tell me, that, that, I think that's the magic of, of our friendship, uh, uh, Mark. You know, we, we both we both respect each other's talent, and we, we both respect each other as people. And um, that's the friendship that, that Rocky and I had. I love funny little story about playing a rib on Rocky. You know, you travel up and down. <laughs> oh, this highways. is going to be good. Yeah, you travel up and down these highways, and and, uh, and you know, Rocky was scared to death of snakes and spiders. I mean, just I mean, definitely afraid. Here's a two hundred seventy five pound chiseled out uh, chunk of a man that looked like a damn Greek god, and uh, and uh, he was scared to death of little things like spiders and snakes. So we're traveling down the road. We're on the interstate, and there's a rest area. And he said. Briscoe, he said, I, I, I got to do number two. I said, what? He said, I can't wait. I got to do the first rest area. So we find a damn rest area, and I pull over. And, you know, these damn things are out in the middle of nowhere. So Rocky goes in and starts doing this business. Well, I, I grew up in Oklahoma. I'm a little country boy. I'm not afraid of black snakes or anything like that. So I I, I, I see this black snake crawling along the ground. So I took off a, a, a T-shirt, and I threw it on top of the black snake. I was able to grab the damn thing. So Rocky Johnson is in 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 the in the in the stall there doing doing his business, and so I got that black snake, and all of a sudden I I come up, I'm gonna throw this damn thing on the top of the stall, and I hear Rocky in there grunting, groaning about the time he's getting all the big grunts. I toss that damn black snake over, and I guess it gets it wide on the shoulder. <laughs> All I'm seeing is uh, hearing is screaming and oh god and and, 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 and those guys are made of metal. He started ripping there were four songs there. He started ripping his way out. He, he couldn't just open the door and get out because he's he's stuck on top of the damn thing trying to crawl over. <laughs> and I hear him something like, oh man, I hope he didn't sprain his ankle because I'm really gonna have to work. But he ended up blasting every one of those walls out of that damn stall. And he come out of there, and he wasn't smiling when he come out. And, uh, and his, his drawers were a mess, you know. <laughs> I mean, he was a mess. And I just started laughing. He said, Bristol, you no good as on me. I should kill you. But I said, come on, Rocky. Clean yourself up and get back in the damn car. <laughs> but he tore that damn uh, rest area uh, oh, completely the pieces. All four stall, stalls weren't weren't usable after after we walked out of there. So I, I, I had no problem. <laughs> <laughs> we're in Savannah, Georgia, one time, and uh, and we're going out to the airport. You know, you get you get you have fans that take you out to the airport. So this one guy, uh, a friend of mine, he said he was a uh, ex cop and he used to take us to the airport every time. We could speed a little bit if we were running late and, uh, and he could get by with us. So we always asked him to take a, take us to the airport. We'd had a charter plane out that night. And so we're running late as usual cause we're on last. And, uh, so he'd bought, he'd bought, you know, all you young folks, there used to be a store chain called Stucky's. Mark, I know you know Stucky because that's where we bought oh, yeah. our joke, our, our paraphernalia for our jokes, you know, back on the road, you know. So they have these little black rubber Fake snakes, sure rubber you, spiders. You've seen a dozen of them. And so, uh, same, same thing, you know, uh, we're going along, all of a sudden we get close to the airport. And, and it's an afternoon shot, so it's bright day, it's daylight, you know, so I, 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 I tell the cop what, what I want to do here. So I say, why don't I tell you to stop? You just stop. So 
we're going along the side of the road and the traffic slowed down. And all of a sudden, I tell tell my friend, "Hey, Bobby, stop, stop! I see something. I see something." So Rocky's in the back seat. And I'm setting shotgun. So so my buddy stops, and I got that black snake in my head. So I run out in the side. We got the windows down, and I, so I run, I run outside the car. I said, "Back up just a little bit. You're on top of him." So uh, Rocky, what are you doing, Bristol? So all of a sudden, I I I, I pull that damn black snake up out, out of my pocket like I'm bending over on the side of the road, and I throw it in the back seat. The same thing. Rocky starts pushing my buddy, my buddy in the back of the head. I try to get out of that damn car, and then finally he gets out, and I pick up a little rubber snake. What's the matter, big boy? You afraid of a rubber snake? What's the matter with you, Canadian? <laughs> But we do. Oh I mean, you have to entertain yourself, as you know, on the road. And and being with Rocky Johnson, and, and I learned a lot of stuff from Rocky, uh, how to rib, and, you know, without going over the borderline. But uh, that that was our friendship. And, you know, here here recently, uh, uh, Rocky was uh, having issues with thyroid uh, problems and everything like that. And I saw him, and uh, poor guy was up over 300 pounds uh, and looked looked horrible. And I, I gave him a lecture and I said, uh, "Hey, Rocky, we want you around here a long time, man. You got to get this taken care of. Call, call, do it. Call, call somebody. If you can't find anybody, tell me, and I'll, I'll call somebody. Let's get this thing under control." So, the last time it was two weeks, a little over two weeks ago, we had a lunch, and I, I live on a lake here in Florida, and my uh, my son and I like to fish a lot. We we caught a twelve pounder off the side of my dock, and I showed him, he's man, I gotta come out and catch one of those damn mates. Come on out. He only lives a couple of miles from it, so I've been sending him texts for the last couple of weeks. And you know how lazy we are. We don't really call each other. We just know we love each other, and uh, and. Uh, and and the feelings there, and so I'd never heard back. And even my son, uh, I said, I sent in picture of twelve big, big twelve pounders to Rocky. He said, uh, Rocky, this bass is waiting for your 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 shine. I got a bucket full of shiners here for you. We never heard back from him. And I was out of town, and I, I landed uh, uh, two days ago. And as soon as I landed, my phone started blowing up because everybody knew Rocky and I's relationship was real, real tight. And so. Uh, I uh, landed and my phone was blowing up, so I called a friend of mine. I said, who's with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department who, who uh, knew the officer, made the run, and called him immediately because he knew, knew knew the guy was my best one of my best friends. And and he said, unfortunately, Rocky passed away this morning. We don't know any of the causes or any of the detail, but there was no foul play or anything. There's natural causes, and I just want to let you know. So that's how I found out about the passing of a dear brother. And, you know, I, I just, uh, my prayers are, are to uh, Dewey and Ed and, and all the other family and his current wife now. And uh, what, what a wonderful person, as you know. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm sitting here, you know, reflecting on all the uh, times that, you know, we got to sit in the catering or sit in the bowl and he would always talk to us and come to the ring sometimes when he was whenever we were in Florida and um you know he's going to be well missed you you talked about uh Jack and and being on the road driving down the highway together uh with Rocky and I tell I tell the young wrestlers all the time that you know only only less than half of what goes on in pro wrestling happens in the ring less than half. I mean, you know, you have a 20 minute, 40 minute match 
you know, that's just 40 minutes out of 24 hours. Oh. You know, the the rest of the, the knowledge is passed along in the car. Uh, it the rest certainly of the knowledge, is. That's the, be- that's the best learning uh, uh, place there is. Yeah, and, and it seems like even as far back as 70, the early 70s, 71, 72, when I was born and Jack and Rocky were rolling and, you know, big-time wrestling, that it was the, exactly the same. The game has not changed so much in all of this time, 30, 40, 50 years, that that's not relevant. And I think that some of the problem in wrestling today is the guys are not in the car as much. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And Rocky, you know, Rocky, Mark, everything changes. Everything evolves. Everything, uh, you know, uh, becomes modern after a while. And the, the moves change. But, you know, something that never changes in our business, I don't, I don't care how, how far it advances and where, where they go, in the ring with the moves and stuff like that because what I did and what my brother did and what Rocky did, you know, 30, 40 years ago really probably wouldn't be as hot as it was back in those days. But something that never changes is the damn psychology of a match. You still got to have that psychology and you still got to have that storytelling ability. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that, you can have all these beautiful 450 uh, sunset flips or, you know, 380s or whatever the hell they're called, you and I were ground Matt Rasser. We never got up on that thing up top rope and tried all that BS. My butt and your butt so big we could have never made it up there to stay. Stayed up there very long anyway. But uh, the psychology of the business never changes. The moves will change, the faces will change, and all that. But that that storytelling ability and and that, and that psychology in there. And that's what you really learned on the road. I think it wasn't so much as, you know, we were talking about moves or anything like that. We were talking about why we went into the moves and the, the psychology and the storytelling and then what what fit in next, you know, the, the, the sequencing of the things and, and the transitions of our moves are, are so important now. And now there's no transitions the way I see it. And I'm not knocking these young guys because, to me, they're better athletes than I ever was, you know. But I had a unique uh, uh, a situation where I thought I was able to tell a story better than a lot of people. And and, and you're right, that is what's missing is those road trips going up and down the road, not talking about doing a 450 splash, but why you're doing it and where, why you placed it in that in that thing. And that's what Jack used to question me when I was beginning in this business. And uh why did you do that move there? I it took away everything that you've been doing, and you completely jump jump started to a to a different different uh, session in your match, and it made no sense. Well, you know, we were able to talk to each other like that back in those days, and not offend each other. But now these guys' feelings they they get so offended when when you ask them <laughs> why they're doing something. <laughs> so, you know, and back then, if you got offended, you got kicked out of the damn car, and you got to hey, you had to find another riding partner, you know. So, but you're right. That car, that car is the best learning tool there was because you learn the psychology, and you're you are a lot like me. You all you always want to be around those top guys to learn why they did something. When exactly. Luke Harris would walk into a dressing room, or Dory Funk Jr. would walk into a dressing room, Mark, I would watch. 
every move that guy would make. From the second he walked into the dressing room, there was a presence in that dressing room that you knew somebody special was in there. You watched how they they uh, they they walked around and interacted, greeted the other other guys. If uh, you know, let's say a champion walks in, he don't know too many guys. How he walks over, and nowadays you know. Uh, back then, the champion used to walk in a dressing room, and he would make like a complete circle around that dressing room, shaking everybody's hand, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and introducing himself as if he had to. But you know, he wanted to know who was in the dressing room, and uh, and you 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 watch this guy how he set down his bag, how he opened his bag up, and how he took it off. I watched every little detail of these great, you know, the Luthezes, the Jack Briscoes, the Dory Fox. Uh, the Terry Funks and, and, and the Harley Race and the guys like that. What made these guys so special? And when they spoke, I tried to dissect every little sentence they, they, they said and then break it down and how that could relate to me because you weren't going to steal what they did because they were the best. And, you know, once you see the best do something and you try to do it, it's going to always be second or third best. It's never going to be the best because the guy that did it uh, the first and was over with it is going to be be the best but uh that's how you learn the business in my days and these guys nowadays they're under so much pressure to be to be spectacular right out of the shoot and you know yeah. we had the time to uh to build ourselves and to build our style and to build the way the, the psychology and the storytelling format that, that we wanted to stick with where these guys nowadays man you go out there, you got five minutes to get your story in. And Briscoe said in the grill, and if you don't do it five minutes, when you get back, he's going to chew your ass out, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, they gave us time to tell our stories and get our points across. And, and I feel for the guys now because I've sat in that position. And, and I know, and uh, I'm a fan too. And sometimes I'd, I'd, I'd watch Matt, I'd watch Kurt Angle, and I'd watch Shawn Michaels. and you know, they're scheduled for 15 minutes. But that damn match is going so good. And like I said, I'm a fan. You know, I started cheating on the time and allowing them to go a little bit. <laughs> you and, never and cheated on the time with me. My, yeah, I take it away from your time. You I know? guess I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. When you, when, you, when you were, you were good enough because you look what the hell you did. I mean, that's uh you know, it just took a while, but uh, you had to find yourself. But once you found that Mark Henry, that inner Mark Henry, uh, like I said the one time that when you you did, I you the only one time that you pissed me off in your career, and that's when you you got me when you said you were retiring. <laughs> I even sent you a message that night, I yeah. believe, and uh, and I, that's the only time you ever got me. But you were so damn good a storyteller on that thing, and so sincere on your delivery. And uh, and that's what a lot of guys mess out on is, is seeing seeing that emotion, seeing that 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 sincerity when when you're talking, even talking and working, and especially uh, uh, that talking and see the look in your eyes. I mean, you convinced me that that was it, you know. And I was pissed because you didn't, you hadn't told me yet, you know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's a respect that we had for each other back in those days. And these kids have respect for each other. There's no doubt about it. And, and, and like I said, they're, they're some of the better athletes that ever come along. And, and you, you've been over that in NXT. Uh, yeah. The, the, the quality of talent over there is just so phenomenal. It, it's unbelievable. And uh, 
I recruit, as you know, my job nowadays is, is recruiting for WWE, and I go around to all these college tournaments, and I've actually had to change my my uh, my outlook on who who I want to recruit now because the standards at that NXT have become so high now that. You know, even if you're all American, you know, you might not have all the tools to fit in with what we do because we're a special business. We're we're sports right. and we're entertainment, and uh, you might not have one of those those qualities. And so, uh, I, I the athletes I bring in now, I I, I, I recruit uh, when I when I look at a guy to recruit, I want to recruit a guy that's going to be main event WrestleMania. I don't want the guy that's going to be on the pre-show at WrestleMania. I mean, all, I, if he's got something special that I think he can eventually get there, yes. But, uh, you know, you, you got to raise those standards. And the standards have been raised in NXT were, were, were wow. It, it, it's a wow factor every time I go in there and I see some of these shits. Well, Mr. Briscoe, you, you mentioned Luthez. And I don't know if you're aware, in July, uh, Mark Henry is going to receive the Frank Gotch Award at the National Wrestling Hall of Fame and Dan Gable museum and i know you're a part of that you went in in 2005 but mark henry is going in this summer in july so man oh man i i am aware of it i had the uh, the pleasure of, of of talking to mark about it and what his feelings were and of course you know going into this museum and uh, this hall of fame is, is so special because of the name attached to the museum uh, dan gable Dan Gable's name is is a is a is a name for excellence and 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 just uh, been the best ever and uh, having his name attached to this this uh, this organization and the last few years uh, Mark can tell you uh, eight eight or nine years ago I started having some some health issues with, with my heart I've got all that straightened out now and. Uh, but I think it was uh, babysitting Mark Henry it gave me those hard <laughs> issues and, and and the timing of Mark Henry's matches. But anyway, I, I've been fortunate <laughs> enough where they have made me the chairman of, of the pro wing now, where I, I get to, get to head up the selection committee. So uh, this year, when when the names started coming up, you know, it, we we we've changed our our qualifications a little bit. Uh, it was, you know, you had to had to be an amateur wrestler. Now, now I said, you know, guys, come on, you know, we got a very limited choices of that. Let's make this where you had to be an outstanding athlete. Yeah, you, you had to represent, uh, you know, uh, if you represented the United States of America in any sport, you're an athlete. If you're in professional wrestling, you know, that that's a, that's a plus. And so uh, names started coming up, and I and I, I stopped the conversation. Uh, got two guys that helped me out tremendously. Troy Peterson, Chad Patterson out out uh, out the Hall of Fame, and uh, they're they're my, my 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 boots on the ground there in Waterloo. And so I said, guys, I got I got a guy that that that's, that fits everything everything this museum is, is built for, and, and that's Mark Henry. And they, well, really, you can get Mark in. I said, well, I don't know. Mark very busy, but uh, Mark and I have a special relationship, and uh, he he's aware of Gable. Him and Dan are good friends. I've I've seen Dan Gable completely mark out over Mark Henry at, at the Olympic Games. You know, Mark Henry walks into the Olympic USA house, uh, host house, and there's Dan Gable and there's Mark Henry. All these young athletes coming in the USA house from around the world. The first guy they go to is not Dan Gable. They go over to see. 
brother Mark Henry, and that's special. I mean, you you got a guy that's world famous like like Dad Gable and world uh, renowned respect uh, that the guy uh, carries with him, and and all the young guys are wanting to meet and take pictures with Mark Henry. I think it's phenomenal, and I see I've seen it several times happen. So it's not just a case of a one one off and and go on the next time they're all around Gable. If Mark Henry's in the room. He's a you look and see where the crowd's at, and you know Mark Henry's in the middle of it. Well, Mr. Briscoe, I mean, we could talk to you for hours. I mean, there's so much I wanted to get into. I wanted to ask your favorite territory you worked. I wanted to talk about Black Saturday, July 14th. You, you, you added to, there's so much to get into, but you're such an amazing. Yeah, we got to talk about your history. Yeah, we got to talk about and, you and, and your career. So we gotta. Can we get a confirmation that you'll come on next month and and talk to us again? Yeah, Mark, uh, you're you're my baby. You know, I, we call each other Pop and Son. You know, and I mean, well, I'm not going to turn down my son. You know, all right. Uh, I, I'm, I, I appreciate I mean, I that. You're disposed, my brother. All you right, all right. And then you mentioned Charlie Pride, so now I'm going to be have to listen to Kiss an Angel Good Morning on my way home from work today. Oh man, well you you'll be you better kiss an angel good evening then when you see her then. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, it ain't a uh, crystal chandelier. The Kiss an angel, good morning. Uh, Collider, one of the, one of the greatest. You know, you know the song Collider. You ever heard it? I know Mark does. He's a Texas boy. Now it wasn't a big yeah. song in Jersey, I have to say, Mister Briscoe. Oh well, yeah. Well, look up Collider. In Texas, it was. Virgin. Hank Williams Senior was the very first one to uh, sing Collider. He wrote the damn song, but it it's kind of evolved around where it's changed tune. But Charlie's Pride rendition at the Grand Ole Opry. Will bring goosebumps to you if you're if you're a country music fan, even if you're not a country music fan. Now, am I right or wrong, Mark? Yeah, that, there's some songs that transcend the the genre. Yeah, and they and then Charlie Pride transcends everything there is about music. I mean, he's a musician. He's he's not a country musician. He's just a damn good musician. So, uh, but yeah, uh, um, uh, Rocky, our brother Rocky, he 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 liked it all, man. He liked Hank. Like old David Allen Coe, even though David Allen Coe could get a little rank every once in a while. Some of his songs, you know, we were they, they were road songs, you know. Uh, you don't have to call me darling, darling, you know, <laughs> all those songs. Oh, yeah. And we all sang them going down the road together. And, then, you know, that's what, man, that's what, that's how we bonded. And uh, it, I'm very fortunate here in Tampa because there's a guy, Brian Blair, just shout out Brian, Brian's name. Brian get, uh, puts together these these lead what he calls leads and lunch. Yeah, B. Brian Blair's a, a big listener to the show, so I'm sure he's listening yeah. right now. So, so, uh, so basically, what it is, it's a great get together. It's all the old timers here in, in, in the Florida area. We get together at a local restaurant, at, uh, and uh, and we just sit there and tell lies. There's an old guy, there. <laughs> That I had my very first match with, and he, I mean, he bragged about it, and a couple of guys. I, when I first started working, you know, I was right out of college, and, and, and I'll do this real quick because I get long-winded, but my, 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 I, and my brother broke into business three years before I, four years before I did. And so during the summertime, I was real lucky. I got to drive a ring truck around and set up the rings and uh, set uh, chairs up, set the arena up. We'd run baseball parks, did little spot shows, and I'd sell the tickets. I'd do the settlement, and I and I learned right away, you know, what side of the business I wanted to be on by doing that because I I promoter told me, okay, 
30% goes over there to the wrestlers, 70% goes over there to me. But I wasn't smart enough to know how that 70% come all of his expenses and everything. I just thought he was getting 70 cents on the dollar and he poor wrestlers get 30 cents. I said, man, I want to be a promoter when I grow up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, sure enough, that's why I become. But uh, it, it, it's changed so damn much. But um, Mark, 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 and I, uh, we we bought it because of his athletic background and my my respect for what he's done and where he came from. Even though he's a Texas boy and I'm an Oklahoma, we have that natural rivalry, but also that natural love and friendship with each other. Awesome. And, uh, uh, but yeah, he was Oklahoma State, though. There's magnificent lunches every other month, and we just get a bunch of guys together, tell stories, and we'll give an award to somebody. And and, and Rocky was a, a fixture of that, and I used to just harass the hell out of Rocky because he'd sometimes sit across the room from me, and I'd take a beer cap or a beer uh, ring tab, and I would just pester the hell out of him doing kind of what I was doing to Mark. I would just throw little stuff at him. And just irritate him, you know. So, so I just loved irritating him because he'd get so mad at me that he'd come up and help me out when it was all over with. But we're going to miss the rock, uh, Rocky. And uh, man, God bless you and your family. And uh, and uh, and uh, you know, see you down the line. Well, Mr. Briscoe, yes, sir. same thing to you. Thank you so much for the time. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Y'all have a wonderful morning. Okay. Awesome. We will. Yeah, Thank you, you so much. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. And now joining us and, you know, so happy that he always gives us the time and there's always something to talk about. And definitely congratulations are in order. Let's bring in Cody Rhodes. Cody, how are you this morning? I'm really... Uh... I'm really, really good. I do got a bone to pick straight out the gate, coming in hot with you, Dave. We got to do something about these LaGreca heads that are appearing in crowds all over. They're in a lot of pictures, and I don't want, I don't know. Are you encouraging that people bring these heads to the crowds? Well, listen, I'm not discouraging that people bring the heads to the crowd. I, I will say this, Cody, and this is honest to God truth, and you you know what this is like with AEW. Um, I, don't, I didn't create these heads. I'm not selling these heads. The fans are doing this on their own. I mean, they, they started something that they enjoy. They're loyal nation members, and they want everyone to know about We do about think it's me. cool, though. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not, uh, you know, it's, hey. I, what, about, what about my head on, out there? Yeah, you, but it's still, you, he, Mark, I, you're a Hall of Famer. Give me my moment, please. Cody I, brought up I me would, specifically. I would be more okay with Mark Henry. And and Bully Ray, oh, these are these are heads I'm familiar with. It's it's in your face. I mean, and uh, I'm in the I'm in the middle it's of dangerous to have a head I'm in the in middle your of face. trying to. I'm in the middle of trying to almost kind of eulogize a crowd, and I'm connected to this material I'm talking about, and I I got my interview in my head, and I'm dealing with graphics on the screen, and then I got to look out of my peripheral and just see a giant cardboard cutout of your face and i'm it's 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 fine because it's wrestling you always think okay i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this i'm gonna do this and then somebody yells something or something funny happens that's the beauty of this all is this 
engagement with fans that were hooked right to each other. But, man, I might put in the code of conduct no LeGrec ahead. Well, I, might. I mean, I'm just saying that we ha- there have been reports. I'm not blaming you specifically, but maybe I should now that you've said this, that there have been some LeGrec heads that have been taken away because they were too <gasps> large. So, I mean, which... <laughs> I mean, there was. A I got an answer, I, I, <laughs> Co- Cody. You know me. You know I, I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have an answer. So now yeah. let's let's get the fans that bring the heads, have them put dynamite, or have them put AEW on the bottom of the fat heads. I'd be okay with that. I could stand that. That's a. You know what? That's a real proper, real proper compromise. There, I would be. I would be okay with that. Actually, I would okay. Be, I, All right, nation, I, y'all, I hear, y'all heard it from Cody. Right no, no. Yeah, I'm okay with that. No, we're not compromising here. This is Because this is organic. You don't want to mess with it. You just bring your LeGrec ahead. You know what? You know what? If if Cody doesn't like it, all right, when Cody's in the ring talking, don't hold up the LeGrec ahead. Wait till MJF is in the ring and hold up the LeGrec ahead. How about that? I can say compromise? that. That sounds great. I can say that I have personally not. We have not had any. It's just been personal. I've seen it in my peripheral vision. I've had to I've had to digest that and think about that and how far we've come as a unit, how far busted open has come, that this is now a thing I have to deal with. Uh so I haven't personally removed any heads yet. No one has yet. We haven't taken any signs away. We're always ready, but we don't we don't take them away. They're too fun. I love the fact that you said we. That you that, that like man, busted open is a part of AEW. Awesome. We're a would, part of pro wrestling. I would really, I would really, and I, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to be like disparaging anywhere else, but I would say that busted open is a part of AEW more than they're a part of the general wrestling circle, and that's pretty wild because Mark and bully being there and having had such WWE fame. And, uh, you know, that it's not so much about them as much as busted open was one of the folks who was really adamant about like, Hey, we'll talk to you. Uh, let's come to the first star cast and we'll set up in the lobby and we'll tell everybody about all in and we'll spread the message. And then there was this period of time where we couldn't get, uh, enough AEW people on Busted Open, and we were always yelling at each other in the back channels. And now we're back to where we're back in the sweet spot where we can have real transparent discussions. I don't, okay, maybe it's not so much AEW as much as this genuine, the, the revolution that exists in wrestling that so many people said wasn't real. Oh, wrestling, the, there's not enough casual fans. Oh, I don't think, I don't think it would do well in that market. Yada, 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 all that. Busted Open was one of the people who said, no, wrestling is still incredibly part of, you know, Americana. It's rising. It's getting bigger. And so, yeah, thank you, guys. If we, if we would, have permission, know. Cody, we, we would love to have guys on and girls. We, we, you know, we had, listen, we, had we, get a, we get a lot. Night. They're always great. AEW is great about getting guests but, for us. That's for sure. But Mark knows that the permission for these interviews doesn't come from me. It comes right. It comes from the boss. From, <laughs> But it comes from my specific boss. You know who. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir, I around. do. She's the walking in the officer. next room. Oh. 
man, looking just, at me too. Don't don't get in no trouble. Don't say nothing bad. No. Just, She's there. Yes. All right. She moved on. She's like, she okay, like good, good. Draft park. She was walking. That, that by was the close. Gate. Well, yeah, no, but she's she's all about it. And it's and she's been absolutely wonderful. AEW has been extremely uh, good to us, very and I kind. thank you very very kind to us. And and thank you so much for the Cody. First of all, Cody, thank you for what you said, and I appreciate that. Actually, you knew it was my head that you were seeing in the the corner of your eye. I appreciate that. Um, oh, yeah. uh, also, too, you're going to be coming to Jersey soon. You're going to be coming to Newark, so. You know I'm going to get you some pizza, some real pizza from Jersey, because New Jersey has the best pizza in the entire country. So I'm really looking forward to you coming to Jersey in a couple of months. Better than New York? Hell yeah. I, uh, I'm i I'm looking forward to the Prudential Center is a wonderful building. I Some of the WWE events that were there, I was involved with the Hell in the Cell there and I think actually my only – pay-per-view main event ever with wwe but the building itself i didn't even go to that site survey i know that building well enough i'm beyond excited tri-state uh to be in the new jersey in the new york area and to, it's not easy as you guys know it isn't those some no. of those buildings they've got long-standing history there's a lot of loyalty elements there's a lot of young men and women who want it in the offices and a lot of old men and women who are you know trepidatious about this wild disruptive wrestling company coming in and they were the ones who said no this is great we've seen what they're doing in these other venues they're filling them up we want them and that first show is going to be is going to be gangbusters i'm really really looking forward to that kind of tri-state debut and slowly chipping away on the area but that prudential building uh is a soft spot in my heart for being the ones to say hey doors are open and uh, those tickets go on sale on Friday, January 24th, and that's going to be March 25th in Newark, New Jersey. Go to AllEliteWrestling.com to find out all the ticket information. You know, before we get into the real important information about uh, the network and the new show um, and the new deal with TNT, uh, can we talk about The Mandalorian real quick? I want to get your oh, input boy. and your take on what you thought about the Mandalorian compared to uh, the new uh, Star Wars film that just came out. Mm-hmm. Well, so the Mandalorian to me is uh, it's the Star Wars that we can all agree on. It seems like kind of universally when you discuss the movies, there becomes this it becomes discourse and a debate over why I like this movie more, how I like my Star Wars served. But The Mandalorian, I don't hear any of that. Um, it, it, it seems like universally praised. And for the real hardcore fans of the, the uh, Star Wars fandom, they might be familiar with you know, names like Dave Filoni and uh, obviously just in the, the Disney and Marvel family and Jon Favreau and what they've been able to create. But everything is done correctly with the Mandalorian and my biggest takeaway from this, and this is something I talked about with Tony Khan. He's the one who said this to me. And I, it's, I'm like, man, you're right. The reason I think the Mandalorian works so well is less is more in so many forms of entertainment. And they are taking such steps to properly introduce and, and build every character. I mean, the child, Baby, baby Yoda, the child, hasn't spoken yet. Uh, just the fact that 
a flame trooper had such a big uh, get over match essentially uh, when they're held up. I mean, I don't want to give away spoilers here and I, and I won't go. No, you can, you can, if they haven't seen it yet, screw them. Screw them. Yeah. I just, I just think that the Mandalorian has just done such, such a good job. And then the, there's also a lot of fan service that is for, for people who watched Clone Wars or Rebels. Dave Filoni was responsible for those. And if you don't know Dave Filoni, he's the Padawan of George Lucas. He's, he's the guy who Lucas groomed. And in those Clone Wars and Rebels series, there's so many references, including a massive one at the end of The Mandalorian that is brought to light. Uh, so it was just like, it's a reward for me. I've, I've, I've set through when there wasn't as much Star Wars content and the stuff that was, you know, done and done well, oh my gosh, it's being brought to life, live action, um, you know, and with a big cliffhanger at the end of this season of Mandalorian, and now we got to wait till fall. I, I I love the Mandalorian. Yeah, oh man, that's so good. I have one thing that I'm going to say before we start talking about the important things. I have spoken. Oh, this is the way. This is, <laughs> brother. I was, I, I cried. I screamed angrily when brother got killed. Oh. I screamed. Oh. I was on. so pissed. I was emotionally invested in that character, which you understand what that does, what that is mm-hmm. in this business, as well as what we watch as fans. But I was emotionally invested in that character. They did a hell of a job building him. He, he he almost got him there. You know what I'm saying? He was so close. Yeah, oh, he was so man. close. He was right. committed. He was he was to the end. All right, if we could put our Star Wars action figures and lunch boxes aside for just a second, so we could talk some wrestling. I mean, don't hate Dave. I mean, dear God. But uh, here's don't the, hate Dave. Dave. Here's the thing. Here's the biggest. Here's the biggest thing for uh, someone who grew up in the business. Wrestling to a wrestler is everything. So when I see Star Wars, I just see wrestling. Literally, if yep. that makes any sense, that flame trooper is that, that flame trooper is the best example. He was a big character that you needed to establish was strong, and the way they built him in that match, essentially when they're held up in the little cantina and everything he did, and it created this moment and this gosh, literally, I flame heat the child. You know, the comeback, it's all wrestling. Uh, I don't want to just get into it, but that's all this is. And I think other wrestlers look at it and, like, it's just a, that's essentially a great match. Flame, the Flame Trooper versus our, versus our heroes inside the cantina and, and the child being the biggest baby face in the entire world. Uh, that, that was a great wrestling match. That's I, all I'm going to say. I'll, 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 I'll give it a chance, I promise. For your guys' sake, oh, I'll, I'll give the show a hold chance. Hold up. Hold the phone. <laughs> I know I haven't I know seen you have one episode. Of time. You are so, so that, ooh, ooh, <laughs> that, that's bad, man, because you're in, inter- you're in entertainment. And that is, that is an uncultured move. Culture yourself. Watch The Mandalorian. Open up to it. You can't have water cooler talk if you don't know what the hell is going on. You can the Mandalor the Mandalorian has swept the world. The it world. has swept the world. It's not just for Star Wars fans. It'll take you, Dave, with open arms. Let it fall into the embrace 
of the Mandalorian of Disney Plus. Give in, man. Just it's good. It's 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 not gonna you you can trust me on this. It won't let you down. Listen, but it's fun to like I have Bully, I have Mark that are huge Star Wars marks. They always want to talk about Star Wars. It's good to have somebody that's like on the opposing side of that. That's what makes good that's- talk radio. It's not the opposing side to not know what they're talking about. You have to check it out first. If you check it out and go, gosh, this isn't You are this being such a hypocrite right now, I know what right I'm now, I know what it's about. It's about the Boba Fett guy that got uh, eaten up by the sand. Oh, and my God. The one of the Dave, what is the there? biggest rant? The biggest rant that you have, Dave, and I'm pointing at you, is you say that you hate the most the fan that does not watch a product and say, I don't like it. You have not watched one episode of The Mandalorian. Shame. Shame. You need to watch it today, and you, Dave. You cast hey, judgment, right. sir. Dave, you got to watch it today. And if you don't watch it today, and if you don't text me, and you don't text Bubba, and you don't text Mark how you felt about that first episode, no more LaGreca heads at the show. I, I just, I was, shit. I was just upset because they, they had that instead of the Jar Jar Binks TV series. I was hoping oh they would do God. a TV Dave. series on Jar Jar Binks, and you I was, a little, I, I gotta am, admit, I was a little upset about it. That's all. Dave, so take out the scissors and cut your own balls. It's just, I am a hundred percent a man of my word. If you do not text me tonight what you thought of the first episode, <laughs> whether you loved it or you didn't, I will hunt down every LaGreca head there is. And I will make sure they never enter another building that there's a wrestling ring with. I promise you. Right. They'll do it I, in front of you. Okay. I will, I, uh, listen, Cody, I promise tonight I'll watch the first episode. And yes! I promise oh you and the loyal Busted Open Nation that I will watch the what, – what's the name of the show again? The Mandalorian. Oh, my God. Oh my God. There you go. I will watch that tonight. All right. I go to bed around midnight. So so all, all right. All right. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll text you about 11.59. All right, so, okay. <laughs> Can we get to some of the AEW talk, please? Yeah, we had a big I'm week. I'm sorry. A, a huge week. I mean, first of all, congratulations, Cody. All serious, all kidding aside. I mean, the new deal through 2023 with AEW and TNT. I mean, we're only a few months into this show, and for you to kind of get that validation from a major network and also to see these crowds that you've been getting for AEW Dynamite, uh, this week again, congratulations. Oh, the, thank you guys. It's uh, it, you know we last week uh, had some indication that that perhaps an extension was uh, you know something that we were going to talk about sooner than we anticipated to talk about. I, the thing that I think it really is a pat on the back, not to the AEW uh, you know crew as much, um, you know, and I don't mean to be pandering in any way but the fandom one thing that the fandom really likes is to know hey they're not going anywhere and uh the business of the business is always so entertaining oh what does the crowd look like take a picture and and uh and what do you think the receipts are like and financially do you think they're in debt do you think they're not et cetera et cetera it's entertaining the business of the business is entertaining but to know that this startup endeavor this very large startup endeavor is going to be profitable in in 2020 and is is now you know really kind of part of the footprint 
of TNT and the partners at TNT, uh, Kevin Riley and Sam Linsky and Brett, like what a to have their have their belief in what we're doing. Uh, I feel like they have gotten swept up in the revolution, and the only way that can happen is when you realize it's real, and that that's just beautiful. So it's business as usual as far as you know head down and, and driving forward and, and building up our new roster and, and, and explaining them to the, to this audience. But it was a really special week. I'm uh, I'm real excited. I told my mom because she doesn't ever think anything I do is too great, but I think she was pretty excited about it too. And she should be, she should be very, very <laughs> proud for sure. And I think another thing that AEW has done a phenomenal job with is developing new stars. And one specifically that I wanted to get into was Darby Allen. You know, from yep. where he was when this show started to where he is right now, I mean, yep. he, he's, yep. he's, he's a main event talent. So I think you've done a phenomenal job with that as well. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't worry about, like, Darby ever hearing any of this stuff because his head is not – I don't think his head is capable of – uh, getting like blown up, but Darby was somebody that came to my house in Atlanta uh, that I got to actually meet with, look in the eyes, and feel a sense of confidence about. And I knew right away, like, not only are we gonna sign this guy, uh, I want him to debut against me, and I want to do everything I can as far as to, to you know wrestlers. We try to make one another, give one another the rub, put them on the map. Uh, and I want to validate people who have been following him already, people who have seen what he's done, um, because he was building up uh, quite a resume on the on the independent level. Um, but a real telltale sign about Darby and his actual, his actual connection with the fans, that elusive connection, is he went out uh, against Pac the other night, and they had seen a lot. On, on Dynamite, they had seen Chris Jericho, they had seen John Moxley, um, I had come out there. I mean, they had seen all the elite, and they had seen a lot. And Darby was received very warmly. And as Mark, Mark can tell you, when you're sitting in the go position, when you're sitting backstage and you hear a pop in the crowd, and you know what they've already seen, and you know what's happened, that's, that is a, that's the most important thing. Like, we can get in the weeds on social media sometimes with people who don't even watch the show telling me about the show. But if you're a money paying customer sitting in the crowd and you're excited to see Darby Allen and when Jim Ross comes back from commentary and the first thing he says to me is, damn, that Darby Allen, that that's really just exciting. And I, you know, I, I want to just keep him healthy and guy's already a straight edge guy and, a uh, wonderful person to talk to. He does all the extra work that, as you find out later in life, isn't extra work at all. You got to do it if you want to get to the next level and chase the guy working hard. But very, very special indeed is Darby Allen. Absolutely. And, you know, I got to get into next week what's going on with Dynamite being on the Jericho cruise. I know for me, being on the first cruise, it was a phenomenal experience. I wasn't invited this time. I'll have to take that up with Chris Jericho. But uh, how unique is that going to be to be able to do Dynamite on Wednesday from the Jericho cruise? I keep saying every time we kind of talk about the, the imagery and the icon, you know, the iconography of the boat itself. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Road Wild uh, in terms of its image will look so differently. There's a ring on a cruise deck with fans 
you know, first come first serve style, you know, flocking to the ring on the boat. It's just going to look like nothing ever in wrestling. It's a first. Here's this live broadcast uh, from the cruise ship. Um, Really, really looking forward to it. Now I can tell you, the flip side of the less optimistic side of me, the logistical side of me, it's very daunting, the task of, of putting this boat in port in Miami and making sure these matches, we get them and we, we edit them and properly have everything lined up in the uh, best way. But that's the challenge uh, we accept when you do something that's a little outside the box. Chris, you say what you want about him. This is a great idea that Chris had. And AEW is anything. It's all about great ideas, no matter who they come from. We're going to take it. Uh, and this this will be a special night. I Last year on the cruise, thought that thing was going to – I thought the wheels were going to fall off. I really was concerned on how this would work. And one of the most fun memories I have and vivid memories is sharing the ring with Kenny and Marty and uh, and Matt, Nick, and Jericho on that, that match with uh, you know the six-man and the crowd singing Judas and the, the night, you know, the night time setting in as the match is going on. Just a really great memory out of there on the ocean having a wrestling match. You know, I, I'm I'm a big fan, and, and you know, Dave is you know a Darby Allen guy. Uh, I'm an Orange Cassidy guy, and mm. I, I see the reactions that he gets, and it reminds me of a young Cody Rhodes at WWE. Uh, is there a chance that he will, uh, in the next few months, be able to take a role where um, the attention will be on him as a focus rather than an accessory? Yeah, I think uh, I think the kind of Orange Cassidy fandom and, and hysteria, which is just beautiful and, and funny and, and everything, uh, to see it. Uh, when it happens is definitely something we're going to like extrapolate on and, and, and expand upon. The one thing I want to avoid is people almost taking advantage of that fandom. And this is a weird outlook on it, but I, I'm, I think you might know what I mean, but there have been things that have organically and properly, you know, gotten over as far as wrestling terms are considered things that the fans chose themselves to love And then somebody like clings up to it and rubs up against it and kind of dilutes your favorite band a little bit. And that's, I think, the navigation that has to be done with Orange Cassidy. He just has to continue to get a spotlight, take a spotlight, bigger spotlight, bigger spotlight, because there's so much more. uh, The individual Orange Cassidy can go bell to bell. He can go. And, uh, when he goes, it's just going to be a really special night and how he goes. And I love it up to this point. I know that uh, Matt Jackson and, and Dana Massey have really actively kind of honed in on, on merchandising because the fans really want orange Cassidy t-shirts and orange Cassidy outfit is the you know number one outfit you see in the crowd. Uh, so we, we are going to do everything we can to take care of orange Cassidy. Well, Cody, awesome. Thank you. yeah, and Cody, this has been an amazing week for you, for this company. Taz jumping on board as well. That that That's a huge yeah. addition. He's absolutely phenomenal at what he does, and I know that you're very happy you were able to get him. Oh, incredibly happy we were able to get him. He was somebody that, you know, he was considering, I'm sure, 
returning perhaps uh, to WWE, and he had uh, tons of other opportunities that existed in front of him, and for him to uh, step into to this group of disruptors and be part of this, uh, wonderful. I can tell you, though, Taz, I, I love Taz being there, the Taz, the wrestler, the, the commentator, but I like him on a personal level that I... <sighs> I feel like in business, one thing I've learned is I really like to surround myself with people I can trust and people I like because it's still show business. You know, there's still some hard conversations that have to be had. And one of the first things he did when he came in and did dark, just as a guest, uh, I had him reach out um, to a few different talents because he had feedback for them. And in the indie on the indie scene, no one's giving anybody any feedback. It's like just a showcase, and it's not. I'm not knocking that, but there does come a point where this feedback, when you have these legends like like Arn Anderson and DDP, and you want to use that feedback properly, what they've learned, they have actually drawn money and gotten gotten over, sustained that. They felt these moments. They the, you're. They've felt this stuff before, and some of them on a, on a really large level. So he texted some talents, and he engaged in a few talents in a brief little mentoring element. And I thought, oh, I need that because um, we can't do it all. You know, things still are able to slip through the cracks on, on a show with so many talents and so many moving pieces. So I, I really enjoy liking, have, you know, on a personal level, uh, having him around. He's really, really somebody who uh, I, I think I'm going to lean into in the years to come for, for advice and for, uh, for just, you know, kind of an outlook on our, our program. Well, Cody, thank you so much for the time. Please kick the hell out of MJF, please. I think everybody wants to see that happen. And, please. uh, we, and again, we'll hopefully we'll see you when you come to Jersey in Newark. Uh, again, go to alleletwrestling.com for all the details that's coming up in March. And, uh, I'll definitely watch the Mandalorian tonight. What time is that on? It's on Disney Plus. Dave, Dave, Don't make me I'm kick dead. you in the piss pump. Yeah, and I'm I'm dead serious about this situation. I I a, a top like list of topics was sent to me that we're going to be discussed on this conversation, and clearly we monopolized that list with Star Wars talk. But that's because this is important. You've reached. Important. You're, you're at a cro- you're at a crossroads here. No pun intended. And <laughs> I am a. I am a man of my word on if you don't watch this show and send me a text with your thoughts on it, you'll never see LaGreca head in the in any crowd ever again. I will hunt them all down. So I'm just I need you to know this is important. Take this moment, take this opportunity, enjoy the Mandalorian. It's okay. I'm a big Star Wars fan as as clear as day and I'm a big Star Trek fan. It is okay. It's a, there's no Cold War. It's, it, there's none of that happening. You don't have anything else to do either. You said you're not going on the cruise. You don't have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah, but you just watch it. My wife's gonna love I, on a Friday night. Speaking of Star night, Wars, do it tonight, honey. I'm, I'm excited the about the new Star Wars too. Yeah, I'm yeah, excited. Too. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. No, the new. I mean, I'm sorry. The new Star Trek. I'm. I'm oh I'm yeah. Oh, about oh, the yeah. Picard. Yeah, oh, Picard, Picard, bro. Be, Picard's gonna be just hot money, just 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 gangbusters. Just printing like, like money. Back yeah, the brains truck up. And the thing I like about that I was talking to somebody about this. This is Patrick Stewart's ability 
to take fantasy material and commit to it like no other person. That's why he's the best captain. That really is why he's the best captain. And to bring him back when he said he was never going to do it again, the fandom to bring him back, that's Star Trek in a nutshell. How many times has Star Trek rebooted its own self, brought it back? I mean, the original convention and and, and all of that. So the Picard series is just going to be – going to be wonderful looking forward yeah to you, you take wait. a polished theatrical actor and put him in space genre in the whole space genre like that's it's, it's ridiculous all right cody so well, I, I, I mean, will text you tonight with uh, everything that's going on i promise i will give you my review of the mandalorian and maybe you and i could go maybe the three of us can go see picard when it comes out all right, well, just give me the Mandalorian interview, and then we'll... All right, all right. We'll all right. talk about those stuff. Right, Check Cody. your DMs, yeah, man. Yeah. All right, live long and prosper, Cody. Live long and prosper, guys. May the force be with you. This is the way. Let's do this thing. I have spoken. Engage. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.